Welcome to Coach B Daily. I'm Coach B Moore. In this podcast, I like to share information that will help us all achieve our health, athletic performance, and body goals more efficiently, which of course means we earn more progress with the same or less effort in the same or less time. Today, we'll talk about five fitness mistakes you're probably already making and how to fix it. Before we get started, I'd like to remind you to subscribe to this podcast, Coach B Daily, on iTunes or Google Play. I'd love it if you left me a star review or a review on your thoughts of the show so I know how I can adjust and fix what we're doing great, what you think we could improve. Also, you can send me your questions on this topic or any other topic. I'm at Coach B Moore, C-O-A-C-H-B-E-M-O-O-R-E on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow this conversation on Facebook.com slash Eating for Abs. And this conversation is, or this podcast is an offering of EatingForAbs.com where you can learn about working with me directly. Today's topic is based on an article I wrote a short list of five fitness mistakes that I see over and over and over again. I see people making similar mistakes. And what I want to do is bring them to light so you see what's going on. Maybe you see these behaviors in yourself. You can acknowledge them because maybe they're just on autopilot and you can make the correction. So here's the first one. Five fitness mistakes that, I, that you're probably already making that you can easily make a change and net great benefits. The first one is seeing a fall as the end. One of my favorite quotes is the sign says stop. It doesn't say stay. And that's in reference to the driving sign, a stop sign on the road. When you pull up to a stop sign, you stop, you look both ways, and then you proceed. You don't stop and stay stopped. Uh, my course and the way we, we teach starts off with people, what people think is a slow pace. That's because they often enter with expectations of going super hard, this rah-rah attitude from the very beginning. You know, it takes a while for people to admit, number one, that they need help, and then number two, decide, uh, I'm going to come on board and, and seek help. And they have expectations walking in the door sometimes that aren't the way that we teach. And there's a reason for that, because the, those expectations typically lead you to wherever you ended up prior. If the last time you tried to do whatever you came to do, lose weight, gain strength, shed fat, lose inches, feel better, whatever. If the last time you came and you went hard and you did it that way, if you come in this time, we're likely going to end up in the same place you did last time, which typically is failure. So while the way we begin seems slow, what we're really doing is giving folks the opportunity to build a new, very necessary skill. And that skill is getting up after they've fallen off the wagon. If you've perhaps never ridden a go-kart or never driven a car, it'd be super irresponsible of me to teach you and teach you to speed because you're going to fall off. So what we need to do first is teach you that, yeah, you're going to fall off. And here's the deal. Here's the, the primary skill you need to pick up early. Getting back up. So the sign says stop. It doesn't say stay. Get back up. That's number one. Number two. Number two fitness mistake I see people making all the time is not lifting heavy. And this isn't just women. It's not just guys. I see it on both sides of the table. Oftentimes people feel like they're educating me, who's dedicated, <laughs> dedicated years uh, of reading research, of practicing myself, what I'm asking you to do, and years of helping other people to achieve great goals. People come in and espouse upon me what I'm supposed to be encouraging them to do. Uh, and they tell me how they're going to, you know, I just want to tone up. So I'm going to lift these lighter weights a thousand times instead of lifting heavy. And one of the things that I hear ladies say all the time is, well, I don't want to look like a guy. Listen, let me tell you right now. 
those quote unquote guys that you're talking about with the boxy builds or super, you know, ripped muscles, that doesn't happen by accident. That doesn't just happen by lifting heavy weights. You can lift super heavy weights and be a meatball, but just because you lift lighter weights doesn't mean you're going to get quote unquote tone. What you're here to do, whether it be gain strength, lose fat, lose inches, feel better, we're requiring your body to adapt. That's what's, that's what's happening. We're putting some type of external stimuli on your body and your body, we understand how it adapts to different things. We need to push that adaptation and encourage it. And so in order to do that, we need to push heavy weight. That's the deal. No matter what anybody else tells you, no matter what else you see, the deal is all of the progress that you're looking for, aside from healthy heart, let's say, if it's just healthy heart, we can go for walks. We can ride the bike. That's great. Uh, but if you're trying to see a change in your body, it means we're going to have to challenge your body, which means we're going to have to lift some heavy weight. And we may spend some time on building form, making sure you don't injure yourself, which we'll get to actually on this list as well. But we need to push heavier weight. You're not going to look like a guy. You're not going to uh, look less feminine because you lift heavy weights. There's a lot that happens between here and there. So my 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 guidance that I give often, and I'm typically right, even if, I, even if I'm coaching somebody around the world, in China, Australia, in, in Doha, wherever they are, typically I can safely say, after I've covered some basics with you, I can say, okay, double your weight, because you told me you have uh, some equipment at home, and I'm guaranteeing you the stuff you picked up is too light. Double your weight. And when that gets easy, maybe double it again. And stay focused, stick to the form, but that's the deal. You need to lift heavy, period. Number three on my list of fitness mistakes you're probably already making and can fix. Skipping the warm-up. This one will be short and sweet. You say you're pressed for time. The gym is busy. You don't feel like coming uh, today anyway to the gym, so let me just get in here and get this over with. Then you summarily skip the warm-up. You skip the mobility exercises. You skip the stretching, and you dig right into your first set of deadlifts. That's a sure fire path to injury and disappointment. Nothing derails your entire effort faster than injury. You'll be on the bench for weeks. So just answer this one question for me and we'll move on. What's the harm in doing it? If I'm telling you the important, the importance of the warm-up, the warm-up is very important, just do it. Period. Save yourself the heartache later. I've seen it too many times. I've seen people make incredible, incredible strides forward, 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 and then all of a sudden, bam, they're out of the game. Why? Then I say, well, were you doing the warm-up? I mean, what happened? No, I've been skipping. It. Okay, you skipped the warm-up. You're welcome to the bench. Number four on my list of five fitness mistakes you're probably already making is believing your own excuses. The absolute most influential person you know is you. Your voice is the voice you listen to. The voice in your head is more influential to any external voice, no matter who you are. So it's one of the key things that we have to do is figure out what that voice is telling you. We have to say, we have to acknowledge number one, that there is an internal voice and we have to figure out what stories are you telling yourself? And let's address those stories. Are those positive or those negative in order to help you move forward? We've got to be your partner. We can't herd you like sheep. I can't herd you like sheep. And I can't sit opposite you on the table telling you what to do. I'm not the opposition. My job is to listen to you, 
to ask you about what you believe and figure out how we can collectively navigate the requirements of change, what we're trying to achieve. That's going to require the story you're already telling yourself to change. Number five on my list of fitness mistakes that you're probably already making and you can change and net some incredible, incredible results and progress as a result of making these changes is not tracking the important stuff. I have this photo on my phone of a scale on the floor with a chef's knife stabbed into it. And I often, (laughs) I often repost that picture. I feel so, I feel so accurate. The scale is sometimes my number one enemy because second, it's probably the second most influential voice in many people's heads. There's, there's the voice of your own voice in your head. And then there's what you allowed the scale to tell you. So what I want to do is, try to disempower the scale and also get you to learn what's the real stuff that you're supposed to be tracking. We give the scale too much power and too much influence over us. It's not, it's got a direct line to our emotions and our emotions really like ice cream. Even worse, the scale is an incomplete measure, meaning it doesn't tell you what's happening with you because it just doesn't know. Asking the scale to gauge your progress losing fat is like asking a clock about the weather. The scale can't tell you the combined sum of what's going on with your life and what's going on with your body. It can't tell you how much of it is fat versus how much of it is muscle. It can't tell you uh, how much fat do you have now compared to how much you had a month ago, not with any accuracy. There's no way of telling. The scale can't tell me, am I really making accurate progress? So you need to be measuring other things. Try measuring your girth in repeated, repeatable places. We choose places like the widest width around your torso at your shoulders, the widest width uh, around your chest at your nipples, the widest uh, girth at your belly button, the girth around the widest point of your hips. There's things we can measure and track. What is my body doing? What changes are actually happening? Another key indicator we need to be measuring is our body fat percentage. Also, our key blood variables, our resting heart rate, and the list goes on. So that's the deal. Those are my five fitness mistakes you're probably already making. And at the end of this, I have a, a testimonial of sorts from a student, uh, Kia Charisma down in Texas, who wrote this after she had her realizations of the same. She participated in the course. She made progress, but nothing like the progress she made a year later after starting again. And what was the difference? Here's what she said. By nature, many of us are afraid of the unknown. And around this time last year, Ifra was the unknown for me. I was at about 60% committed to the program and bent the rules often. I saw some results, but they came a lot slower than I would have if I just followed instructions. In January that year, before I set foot back in the gym, I restarted my E4A lessons from the beginning. I was already down a couple pounds in a month before I started to integrate the workout. This time around, because I understood what it takes and I knew what to expect, my results have been amazing. I'm stronger. My body is more defined than ever, and even my skinny clothes are loose. I tell people all the time that the best thing about E4A is that you're not reliant on a product, a rigid meal plan, or calorie counting. Once you learn it, it's yours forever, and you can always come back and start from scratch if you fall off the wagon. So that's my deal. This is uh, Coach B. Moore. Thanks for listening to Coach B. Daily. You can find out more about working with me at eatingforabs.com, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.